scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. And he said to them, Which of you has a friend who will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we are in Luke 11 this morning and continuing thinking together about prayer. This is almost a part two from last week. If you weren't here, you might want to go back and listen to the uh, podcast and and hear as we talked about the Lord's Prayer. And now we're entering into Jesus sharing a couple parables and illustrations to teach his disciples to pray. This is what the disciples have done. They've come to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. I think all of us who are Christians could stand up here and share a prayer journey, um, how we've learned to pray. I was thinking about it this week for me. And thinking about when I've prayed the most or grown and learned prayer, and it's been in challenging times. Um. When I first became a Christian, I really honestly didn't pray that much. I studied the Bible, I talked, but I didn't really pray. But not until my son got really sick, Jake, and was in the hospital that I pray. Um, Not until I was a missionary and had to raise financial support that I really pray. Not until we started planting Redeemer that I really pray. When we come to this passage, I hope that you'll know that the backdrop behind it is that people are coming needy and desperate. They need help. This is where we learn prayer. We learn prayer when things are challenging and difficult. We grow in prayer when we have to ask God for difficult things. And as Jesus is teaching on prayer, I hope that you'll think about that as we even start, is that we start by knowing difficulty. There are three things I want to point out, and it's really three sections to our passage today, and and there are three principles that I want to point out to you. First of all, the persistent principle of prayer, the progression principle of prayer, and then the paternal principle of prayer. 
Persistence, progression, and paternal as in fatherhood. First notice, persistence. Look again with me here at verse 5. As Jesus is teaching them, and he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. Now again, uh, we know this, but just to point it out, there are two characters here. There's the friend who needs something, and there's the friend who has something. We, or the disciples, are the friend in need. There's need here. And God, the Father, is the one that we would go and ask. He's the one with the bread. He's the one with the answers. Don't flip it. Don't think that God is coming to you and saying, I need you to do something. No. He's the one that has what we need, and we come to him. Also notice here the inconsistent or, or the inconvenience of this. The one man's going to the other man at midnight. Now, when we think about midnight, we might think, you know, we've just fallen asleep, maybe. But this is the middle of the night. They are asleep. This man is asleep with his family, and another man comes and knocks on the door. Now, think about this for a second. This man is being inconvenienced. And then he could have said, he says, don't bother me. But he could have said, you should have figured this out way before you knock on my door. Couldn't you have come earlier? Can't you wait till tomorrow? This sounds like a you problem. (laughs) You didn't do this very well. You did not plan. This is not my problem. This is your problem. It's inconvenient is what Jesus is teaching. He also goes on in verse 8 to say, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. What an interesting word here. (laughs) Impudence. What does this word mean and why would Jesus say this. The NIV translates it, yet because of your shameless audacity. Another translation says, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. What is Jesus teaching here? He's saying that we can come to the Father in prayer shamelessly. Even with we have a problem, we didn't fix the problem, and we can still come. We can come and annoy, being annoying, probably to ourselves, but not to God. We can come with, I love the word, audacity. How dare you knock on my door? We're invited to come and pray like that. Paul Miller, in his book, A Praying Life, said it again. I'm going to keep saying it. He says this, pray messy, not legalistic. If you think you have to go to God and start with the A and adoration, and then go to confession, and then go to thanksgiving before you ask him something, you're not understanding he's your father. 
How many of your kids come and say, Mommy, you're great. I did wrong today. Thank you for all you do for me. Now give me some breakfast. Never. Come to your father. Shamelessly. Come to him and say, I need this. Knock on his door at midnight. We're invited to come and pray like this. Later, Jesus tells the Luke, in Luke 18 the parable of the lady, the persistent widow, who goes to the king, and she kept coming to the king, and she was upset, and she's crying out for justice. And the, He tells the parable to say this king was not a godly king, but finally he did what the lady asked for. Luke 18.5 says this, Yet because this wid- widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Again, this is the principle of being persistent. That we can come to God and say, no, 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 I really need this. Will you do this? We can come to him. We can be persistent, shameless, and audacious with God in our prayers. And let's think about this. Because we're not coming on our own merits. We're not coming to God and saying, do this because I'm a good person. No. We pray in Jesus' name. Not in our name. We're not saying in Paul Boyd, amen. Put your name in there. What do we say? In Jesus' name. We come on his merit. We come on his work. We pray because Jesus has paid for that. And therefore, we can come and pray. Martin Luther says it this way, If I tried to fulfill the law myself, I could not trust in what I had accomplished. Neither could it stand up to the judgment of God. So I rest upon the righteousness of Christ, which I do not produce but receive. God the Father freely giving it to me through Jesus. When we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. We pray because of his merit. And so we can come shamelessly. Not because we've done right or wrong. In fact, so often the times that we need to pray the most is when we are struggling with sin. We need to ask God to help us. We need to say to him, I can't do this. I need your help. I need you to deliver me from this. We come to our Father persistently with anything at any time in any condition in which we are in. How about you this morning? What are you afraid or hesitant to ask God for? That you really do need? Is it a job? Is it somebody, a relationship? Is it money? Is it sin that you're really struggling with? Is it emotional pain that just won't go away? Ask him. 
and ask him again and ask him again. Take it away, God. Please give it to me. Please do this. And you don't have to come clean. You can come messy. You can come confused. You can come with bad motives. Come to your Father and be persistent and ask. And so, first of all, notice this principle of persistence. And we could even say shameless persistence or annoying persistence. Secondly, notice this principle of progression as Jesus is teaching about prayer. Look at verse 9. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Jesus is showing us a progression of the way prayer works. Ligon Duncan said it this way, don't just ask, seek. Don't just seek, knock. If there's an ongoing force and a progression to these verbs, then there's a continuation of activity, an activity of asking. What's he saying? He's saying you start by asking God for something, right? Let's say you're praying for a friend, and this friend needs Christ. So you first say, Lord, please save my friend. And then you seek God a little bit more about it. Your friend doesn't become a Christian. You've asked. You've even been persistent. And then you really start to seek God and say, God, what do I need to do? What's going on? There's a deeper level here. Maybe I need to talk to him. Maybe I need to pray for somebody else to come into their life that would talk to him. Maybe I need to pray that they would find a group of people. Seek. And then, as I said earlier, and then we start knocking. And we don't knock once. We keep knocking. We continue to be persistent. But I hope you see that there's a progression that happens here with prayer. You can fill something in the blank for your own life. You've asked God for that thing. Now, maybe you need to seek God even more about it. You need to say more to him. You need to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to see this happen. And then, of course, you continue to knock and to be persistent with God. I had a man say to me in a prayer group uh, one time, I think we're wasting our time. He said, I don't know why we pray for these people, but then we don't help them. We don't do anything. Let's just go help them. Let's stop praying. I think it's easy to see that prayer and service are separate. But God, Jesus is not saying that here. He's saying prayer and, and saying to God, what do you want me to do? Go together. This is actually seeking God. Now, sometimes God says, I want you to do nothing. But sometimes he says, you know what? You've been praying for that neighbor to become a Christian. You probably should walk next door and knock on the door and say, hey, this is who I am. This is my name. 
Invite them to coffee. Get to know them. Prayer and service aren't separate. They go together. And Jesus is continuing to teach this. This is the progression of prayer. Now, don't be confused here. We're not coming to Jesus and saying, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to pray about it, and you need to do something about it. No. The whole concept here of prayer is submitting ourselves, surrendering ourselves to Christ, and saying, what do you want? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. The question comes up for us all. What do we need to pray about? To be persistent, to pray messy. But also, what else? What is God calling us as his people to pray about, to seek him about, to knock about? This is also important when we begin understanding principles of prayer. So first, see the, prog- or the persistence. Second, see the progression here. And then finally, see the paternal principle or the fatherhood principle of prayer. Look at verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Now, I want to point out that it's important that Jesus is comparing people here. And he's talking about a father, a good father, or a boss. Why would you go to someone and ask them for a fish? Because you're hungry. And who are you going to go ask for a fish? Possibly a fisherman. And what do you think the fisherman would say if you rolled up and say, hey, do you have any fish? He would say, well, I'll give you some, but you need to work for me. Help me fish today. I'll give you some fish. You need some eggs? What do you go? You go to the farmer? What does he say? I'll give you some eggs, but you need to work for me. What Jesus is doing here is saying, look, there's father thinking in prayer, and there's boss thinking in prayer. And it's very easy for us to go to God in prayer and think he's our boss. I'll do some things for you, And then I'm going to ask you for this, and then you'll give it to me, right? I'm going to ask, I'm going to work, and I'm going to pray that you'll give me that raise. And then I think you should give it to me. It's so easy for us when we come to prayer to think of God not as a good father. And the point here that Jesus is making is it's easy for us to see him as a boss. It's also easy for us to see him as a bad father. That we would come to him and say, will you give me a fish? And he hands us what? A snake. And he's saying, that's not who your father is. You can come to him shamelessly. You can come to him with anything. And you can come to him and expect He's going to give you something good. Now, it might not be exactly what you want, but he's going to give you something good. When you come to your father, a good father, and ask him, he takes care of you. And Jesus even says it here. He says, even you who 
are evil or not holy like me, you give good things to your kids. Your father's going to do even more. And so it's a question, again, that we should ask ourselves when it comes to prayer. How do we think about God? Is he our boss or is he a good father? This is another important principle when we're praying. And as Jesus said that a good father gives good gifts. And we've seen that our father has given us amazing gifts. And he gave us the greatest gift that anyone's ever given another. Salvation. His own son. He says, look, this is what I'm, this is who I am. I've given you Jesus. And with Christ, we have everything. We have all things, all riches, all blessings. This is how good our Father is to us. And so when you think, well, I want to ask God for something, but I'm not sure if he's going to do it. Remember Jesus. Remember your salvation. Remember that you're going to heaven and you will spend eternity with God. Perfect. With everything you've ever wanted. And more. We are blessed. And we can come to our Father not as people who who don't have anything. Not as people who are trying to convince God of something. But as His children. To the perfect Father. We'll see this more as we study the book of Luke, but Jesus continues to come back to this relational principle of prayer. Seeing God as a father, seeing yourself as his child. And you can come to him that way and pray. Let's be persistent in our prayers. Let's see the progression and work it. And let's know that we have a good, good father to come to in prayer. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that as we do come to you in prayer to know you, to tell you what's on our hearts and minds and what we need, that you love us, you invite us, and that you're good to us. We thank you so much for Jesus as well and that you have sent your son. Pray in knowing that we have confidence because we pray in his name. I pray that this word would sink deep into our hearts, that we would grow and be encouraged by it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.